Welcome to the Coaching Ignited podcast. I'm your host, Alex Povey. It's great to have you here. This show is all about peeling back the curtain on what's going to help you build the fitness business you truly want. And each week, we bring on a new guest to share their stories, insights, and strategies so you too can take action and apply what you learn. The podcast is released every Wednesday on all the major platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you go give that a subscribe, guys. Now, if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so you can connect with me there. Now let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy the show. Good to have you here, Lee. It's good to um, good to connect and have you on the show, man. Absolutely, Alex, man. I appreciate being here. You know, we we connected. Um, you reached out right a couple couple weeks back now, and yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, I got I got hit with one of your ads actually. Um, <laughs> I got hit with one of your. I think it was your Facebook ad. Um, I think it was when Corona kind of kicked in, and uh, you it's obviously. Yeah, you obviously leaned into it, uh, and I was and I was running Facebook ads at the same time as well to just see if I could um, provide a ton of value to to the personal trainers that were losing their shit, not knowing what to do because of obviously the gym shutting down and um, and everything changing. And two months later, we're still in the same situation. But there's been some changes over the last couple of days with this whole outdoor training thing, uh, and I know there's some split views, split split kind of opinions on it and again like i gotta preface there's no right or wrong and me you and i were chatting off record about yeah. like you got to do what you got to do and if it feels right to you, you you do it if if it doesn't that's okay too like we live in a free society where you can make decisions but like, what's your viewpoint on it this whole outdoor training thing yeah kind of like yourself alex as we said just before we jumped on it's like you got to do what's right for you based on your situation and like if you are at the risk of like being kicked out of your house, you're going to be homeless or you can't eat. And the only way to do it is by training clients outdoors and do it. Or if you just are going crazy right now and you're like not enjoying your life and you're, you're miserable and you see an opportunity here, then, then do it. And more importantly, it's if your clients and the people that you are marketing to want to do it right? Because you're not forcing anything. Just like we couldn't force anyone to come online during lockdown, you can't force this upon anybody. You just have to present it as an opportunity. And so, you know, if people want it and you are going to take the right precautions to deliver it with safety and the guidelines that everyone is kind of following, then then go for it, you know, do what's right for you at the end of the day. Mm. I think everyone has to kind of consider that in life there's there's risks, is risks in everything we do. So just getting in the car to come to the office is a risk, not only to myself, but other people on the roads because it's an extra car. What if I like miss a turning or I spin out of control and I hit someone? I- I'm creating risk for other people by driving my car. Equally like speeding, going 10 miles over the speed limit is a risk as well to your own life, to other people's lives. And we're always taking risks every single day. And this is kind of another risk, isn't it? Another risk yeah. going out there, um, putting other people's lives at risk. So it's kind of like a, a, such a gray area. And mm. it, I, I don't think there's any moral right or wrong because like, if if people need the coaching and, and the personal training and they need that human contact, like that stands for something as well. Like yeah. people's mental health is also important and being able to like um get in contact with other people people that have been isolated for a long time on their own without families what about those people who need to see people what about the Mm. mental health impacts as well so there's there's kind of lots of different elements to it that you have to kind of consider yeah absolutely we're supporting health here right On on all fronts not just physical and and as you said that mental health of people who are isolating by themselves right now um, they're going to need connection. Like one of the human needs is connection. And if you're not fulfilling that, then there's going to be some implications. And so if that's what people need and they are open to it and you are going to take the right steps to make sure that it's safe and effective and all those kind of things and 
do you, you know, do what's right for you at the end of the day. And don't worry about what people think, because everyone's always going to have an opinion of what they think is right or wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, this is the, the situation. Like in life, there's, there is no right or wrong. It's what you, but what your beliefs are. You know, it's like religion. It's like people have beliefs. Some people don't believe, you know, it's like you got to do what you believe is the right thing for you. Um, and that's going to serve the, the, the purposes and the needs that you have. Mm. You know, it's just what it is. It's like after this lockdown, people are going to want to go and serve the need of partying and going crazy and doing stuff like that. Right. They're going to do it anyway, whether it's right or wrong for their for their health. It's what they want to do. So on that front, man, just do what do what do what makes you happy and <laughs> do it if you feel good about it. If it makes you feel awkward or weird or you, you're feeling judged by people, then then don't. But again, don't let other people's opinions impose what you feel is right for your situation. Mm. We just got a question come in actually from Tom Cunningham, who's watching it live on Facebook. Um, you might be able to answer this and we can kind of unpack it. We might as well on the fly. It said, should you lower your prices for outdoor training as opposed to the gym? Or would that create devalue? So the, the first bit makes sense to me, like, um, but I want to know your views on it should you lower your prices for outdoor training as opposed to in the gym? What would you say to that? I don't think there's any need to lower the price for, for anything. At the moment, it's like, even when you, you're taking clients online to serve them, it's like, it's, if you're serving a purpose in someone's life, you're providing value and it's going to help them reach their goal, then at the end of the day, it's still, you know, you're still investing your time, whether it is in a gym or it's out of gym. You just have to be a bit more creative how you deliver that service so that it feels as good as what they were going to, you know, they would have done with you in the gym. And so, you know, you don't, I don't think dropping prices is going to make people want to do it more. I think it's how you position it so that people want to do it and see the value in having a trainer meet them outdoors to do the session. Mm. And, and that's, what's going to make people you know, buy training sessions because it's not about where you do it. It's about the value and the difference you're going to make in their life. So whether you do it outdoors or you do it indoors, does it make a difference if you're going to get someone from where they are to where they want to be? No, right? 100%. I would argue that it's more valuable of a service because the trainer has to do more work, more thinking, more planning, got to get more creative, don't have the conventional equipment. Um, you've got to travel to, to meet the client somewhere and arrange it all and make it safe. Like, arguably, Tom, uh, if you're still listening, like that's more valuable you're fixing more of a problem. They don't have access to the same equipment or the facilities. They need someone to help them fix that problem. S same for me, right? And I think I mentioned this to you when we were chatting before. Um, and I've mentioned this on the show. I had a problem myself when the gym shut, just like everyone else. I still wanted to do a cut, a mini cut, and I also wanted to like put on some gains, right? I had a problem. I don't know how to do that outside of a gym. So... I needed a trainer, someone, a specialist to think for me to figure that problem out so that I could continue doing the stuff that's important to me, like building the business and doing the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So I got my coach to reprogram everything with bands, TRXs, pull-up bars, um, and make sure that I was staying on track to hit the goals I wanted to hit. That's valuable to me. But he focused on the outcome that I wanted, the mini cut um, and, and the gains that I wanted to achieve yeah. with the limitations that I had in front of me that's a valuable service. Yeah, and paid. Not the tools. Yeah. yeah. I didn't care about like how we got there. I was like, mm -hmm. I just need you to figure out like what I need to do and just tell me what's the next step. What do I need to do this day? How many calories do I need to be eating? Do I need to change the calorie breakdown and the macro breakdown? Like I give that to someone else for them to do the thinking because it's valuable for me. And the same with, with anyone. Um, they're looking for someone to tell them, okay, this is what you should do next. And this is how you solve the problem. Otherwise, they don't need you if you're not yeah. solving problems. And that's what it comes down to, right? Absolutely. And kind of like a psychiatrist, right? Say they've now had to close their practices to help people and then they have a, they've had to go on Zoom. They don't suddenly start charging less because they're still delivering the service to a client. So nothing needs to change. You're still delivering a value to that client. And so just carry on providing that service and that value. And as you said, Alex, like think for them because that's what they're paying you for because they, that's what they need there. And they need the accountability, right? One of the biggest things that why people hire a personal trainer is to get the accountability to do a workout. 
And so don't disregard or devalue that in itself, meeting someone and making them show up because that's half the battle. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of things that are valuable outside of the programs and the nutrition that I think often get overlooked. Um, it'd be good to shift gears into kind of like how you change things when COVID hit and how you see things playing out like going forward, kind of like the future, the next six months, because landscape has shifted, right? Things are different now. Uh, there's limitations. I think there's going to be more opportunity for people that work in small studios versus big box gyms. Um, I don't know, it's an interesting dynamic. And I think there's going to be some closures, redistribution of clientele and customers to different coaches or different facilities. What did you see kind of like early days going into lockdown? And then what do you see like ahead on the horizon? What's your kind of vision? That's a good question, man. So I, you know, I saw a lot of fear at the beginning, a lot of fear and uncertainty, um, yes, mainly around money, you know, a lot of fear of people worrying that they're going to like be homeless. And, and I think that drives bad decision making and, and desperate decisions. And, you know, I saw a lot of people getting upset that their clients didn't want to work with them online anymore. And they started feeling insecure and like they were a bad trainer and the world is ending. Instead of looking and kind of thinking like, how can I deliver the service online? How can I keep things going? Because people still need help probably more than ever. And so the opportunity was just to transition what you were doing, which is one-on-one -on -one training for, for most people who are probably listening to a service where they can still support people with their goals, right? Going back to what someone is investing in, they're not paying for your time, they're paying for a result the end of the day and so how you deliver that result is going to be down to the you know, the way you get them to that destination and so before the lockdown it was like fear panic gyms closed studios closed right get everyone online and if anyone doesn't want to go online they're a bad person and cut them out of your life which you know is a bad thing because at the end of the day you still want to have that relationship with them even if they don't sign up with you or stick around because at some point things will get back to normal and so what i did was just continue serving my clients who didn't do the transition right from the PT online to just still keep them in my community just to still help them from a from a distance and and you know they appreciated that they appreciated that they're still being cared for even if they aren't seeing me anymore and it's just you know delivering that value planting that seed because at some point you know if not in the past four weeks like I've had a couple of clients jump back on you know in this in these eight weeks or in the however long this is going to be they're going to want to eventually get the help and who are they going to think of you first right and so you know you've got to keep the people who have you know been paying you or been you know been look been, you've been looking after first top of mind um, and then look wider like you know a lot of people a lot of trainers I've seen who get frustrated that they didn't have their clients go online have just kind of like given up because their own client base didn't go online so it's the end of the world when in actual fact, you and I both know online coaching has been around and you can get clients online who aren't your current clients and who don't live in a three mile radius. And so, you know, you needed to think outside the box. You have to think differently. And this is where maybe a lot of trainers have struggled in that they're used to just that comfortability of maybe working in a gym and having clients walking past and, you know, client members walking past and then grabbing clients like that. And so it's kind of pushed that discomfort and push people to think differently, do things differently. And, you know, what I've also seen is a lot of trainers creating Facebook pages and like, okay, I'm going to make a page and then that's it. Um, but missing what the real opportunity is, which is to actually now use that page to market differently you know, which is what I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of running ads. I'm a big fan of buying media and getting your message in front of the people you want to help. And so I think it stretched people to think differently, to move outside their comfort zone. Um, and what I kind of see coming through where we are now and after this is, as you touched on, the biggest opportunity being in the more private boutique studios or one-on-one -on -one training where people aren't going to be exposed to as many people and risk or have the fear of catching the virus in a commercial environment where touching equipment is, you know, risky or being around too many people and coughing and that kind of stuff. And so you're going to see more one-on-one -on -one trainers. This is what I believe getting the opportunity to, you know, capture a lot of that market because people are going to want a more controlled environment where they can train with somebody knowing that the machines, the equipment, the, you know, the hygiene is like really taken care of because again, that's people's fear. They're going to be, you know, that 
that reptile state of mind is going to kick in of like, I'm going to, I'm going to die, you know, if I go to a big gym, so I need to go somewhere safe. And so that's kind of why I think studios or private training is going to have, have its place. And then also the fact that everyone's been on lockdown, isolating, they're going to want that human connection again. They want to go and see people. They're going to want to get out of their house. They're sick of sitting at their home, you know, watching Netflix or doing home workouts. They're going to want to interact. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who want to spend their money as well. Those people who are working from home right now, stacking up their money, not buying dinners, not going out. They're going to be like, man, I've got all this money. I need to go and do some stuff with my life and get myself back on track. So I think people are going to want to go back into society and, and start living again because they're going to feel like they've lost a lot of time, um, which for trainers is a good thing, right? Because now you're able to go and serve those people, help those people who have been struggling um, and who need help. So that's kind of how I see things moving. We're on the same page for sure. Uh, everything you said there is pretty much in line with what's going on in my head right now. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen to or what the personal trainers in the big boxes that are closed and will be indefinitely at least till July, maybe even longer with uh, restrictions uh, imposed on those gyms, maybe till the end of the year in terms of like limited numbers allowed in the gym, um, cardio machines, every other one switched off, like really stringent regulations, which almost makes the customer experience so horrible that people start canceling memberships and not turning up. And so there's less members to go around for the PTs that are there. And then the PT business within a big box dries up. And then where did those PTs go? Because if they still want to make a living from personal training and there's no opportunity in a big box gym anymore, they've got to go somewhere else. But then if all the studios are full and um, all the customers are being serviced in those studios, like, where does that leave the, the big box gym PTs? or the PTs in those, those bigger gyms, or those bigger facilities, those leisure centers that are not opening or have got very strict measures. So it's like, I want to see what happens to the distribution, one of like members and also to the PTs. I honestly think that a lot of PTs are going to fold if they don't diversify quick and look at other avenues to serve the customers, particularly if there's PTs holding out for the gyms and they didn't pivot online or they didn't set up some kind of outdoor model, bootcamp model, or find a way into a private studio or they're doing stuff from home. I think people need to realize it's, it's going to be fucking hard. There's going to be a lot of like obstacles to overcome. I'm going to have to pivot in a lot of different ways. But what you said earlier and I picked up on about like it's, it's kind of woken a lot of people, people up in terms of how they do things, how they operate, their level of service, the value that they provide, the relationships that they've got. So I honestly think for the consumer, it's going to be good as well, Yeah. where it's going to like, it's going to improve services across the board, but it's also going to create new options as well. I know I go to, um, I go to Barry's Bootcamp, which is, you've heard of Barry's, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think is you're based down South, uh, near yeah, London. London near London. Yeah. So that I think they've got a couple in London, but they've got one yeah. in Manchester that I go to. I had one of the Barry's coaches on the show last year, actually, Mark Ross, who's semi-pro footballer. Um, he does Barry's boot camps. He's got a company called Lifestyle Lean as well, coaches guys. Um, and those, and Barry's pivoted really, really well. They shut the red rooms down and they weren't doing any, obviously the classes inside like everyone else closing down their gyms. And then, they didn't do it straight away, but their coaches were still like very active. A lot of their coaches are quite influential. They've got like 10K following, 30K following. So they've got like good reach within their PTs. They picked good PTs, which was smart, who have influence and clout. And those PTs were doing like freebies, Facebook lives, like what everyone was doing when it first kicked in, which right. soon disappeared when people realized they weren't making any money from it. And they gave up, right? <laughs> know, right? They gave yeah. up. Um, but those guys kept it going. And then Barry's now switched into a basically just a virtual model where it's back to the same rotor, I think pretty much that they had in the facility, but it's all online. And now they're hitting people that are even outside the, the catchment of those gyms. So now they're spreading across like um, out of Manchester and like the suburbs and stuff of people that wouldn't necessarily travel in to go to the clubs. And the consumer's loving it. Like the response on social is great. 
and people are really enjoying it. And that might be just the thing that they keep going now. And they just keep running that virtual model online where they're doing these big group, like maybe like hundred people in a group with a coach that could be very profitable for those companies. And that's going to pull that audience from other people, isn't it? And I think a lot of trainers, are, as you're saying that right now, are feeling really disheartened, thinking that they've got no hope if they're trying to compete with Barry's and, you know, those those people who are serving in that way. And I think a lot of trainers who, who know that is happening and are trying to compete with them um, are losing hope and realize, but not realizing that that's just one way to help people. And people might love that style of coaching and training, but as a personal trainer you you have another opportunity to help people on a more personal level on things like nutrition and talk about their emotions like a lot of the things I do with clients is is a lot of emotional you know coaching with their 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 deeper problems because everything's connected right it's like if you're binge eating it's not because you love food sometimes it's a, a disconnect with how you feel a state of mind a breakup, you know, something's happened in your life and your food is your comfort. And so a lot of the coaching calls I've always had with clients is always about the root cause of the problem, not the symptom. And you can't get that from a class online doing virtual, you know, burpees and stuff like that. And so, you know, as much as it might feel like this, you know, you're going to lose clients because all this kind of takeover as a trainer you can help people on specific problems that you've studied in level three or nutrition courses that they don't, they can't serve in, in that kind of big group environment. And so I think, you know, as much as there's going to be fear for personal trainers losing clients, there's also opportunities to gain clients because people are going to need support with their eating habits or someone to talk to, you know, like as simple as that, you know, some clients just want to have a chat and they're sitting at home and they need someone to talk to, to talk about their problems. It's pretty valuable. If you're a trainer that can understand someone emotionally and help them, there's a, there's a service right there. hundred percent. I agree with that. And I'm glad you brought that up because like you could be um, disheartened by all these other things that are popping up around you. But if you've got like a very intimate service that, taps into kind of like people's habits, their mindset, um, their emotions, and you can really dial things in. Um, you can't you can't recreate that with going with a big group virtual training program. So like people are still going to be looking for like the specialist solutions and looking for someone to really like give them um, customized advice as well and work very closely. But maybe the way you deliver it or um, how you convey yourself has to change. It's not about like showing up just to coach someone through a session. It's about the other stuff that goes on outside the session. Like with my online trainer, he's not like jumping on Zoom and telling me to do 10 reps. I'm, I'm capable of doing that myself. I don't, that's not valuable to me. Yeah. For me, it's like the nutritional elements, the supplementation, the the macro breakdown, the my sleep like why why is my sleep a little bit off like tell me what's going on there because i need to fix it in because my productivity is dropping or um, my stress is a little bit high my cortisol is a little bit high like what's going on here or i'm facing these challenges where i find myself going for the pizza or whatever like it's those things that you need specialist one-to-one coaching on versus like personal training i think that's where the the evolution is in a more valuable service when it goes from like personal training to more coaching yeah absolutely and there's a big crossover there with personal training and coaching in that even being on the gym floor or training a one-on-one client in a studio you know in between those sets you were talking about those problems and helping them through those things and I think a lot of trainers forget and don't realize the value of those little conversations and just being somebody that they can you know, talk to and you know bounce their feelings off and absorb it from them because a lot of people that build up that stress and tension that don't that don't express themselves that's why they have a lot of problems and so a personal trainer or coach can can just help people get clarity on what's going on in their mind and make them feel better just from talking and listening and being a good listener like one of the key skills especially if you're coaching people online, it's just being able to listen, listen to clients, listen more than you talk and, and ask good questions and show empathy. 
like that's that's been a big thing when I've coached clients online is just being a good listener and showing empathy for their problems. And people love that. They value that so much because, you know, maybe they're married to a husband that doesn't listen and they, they don't feel like he's listening. So when they've got a trainer who they can talk to, it's like, wow, someone who's listening to me or someone who's not from my family imposing their opinions on me. And, and that's really powerful, really powerful when you're coaching clients and, and just being that, that, that voice of reason for them or that kind of like neutral person in their life to help them through their problems because ultimately if you can help them with those bigger problems it's going to help you fix their small problems which is their you know their binge eating or their laziness to get up on time you know so if you can help them get clarity on their goal their vision what they want it's going to help them get up in the morning instead of saying just set your alarm early and fight through the alarm you know, you're kind of giving them the coaching that they need to reach their goals. And as you said, this is going to stretch trainers more than just being good at telling somebody, you know, counting to 10 or, you know, just telling somebody, give me five more. Like this is going to make you stretch out your comfort zone to learn how to really help people change their life, which is what personal training should be about anyway. It's not just about training. It's really about helping someone reach that destination in however you need to get them there. So yeah, that's kind of my, my take on, on how I think PTs should be thinking now as well. Yeah, I agree. And um, I was speaking to a trainer uh, earlier today, actually, where he converted some clients online, but they started to drop off after a month. And what he realized was he was providing what he thought was valuable, the programs and kind of the nutritional advice not on a call, but in the format of a, of a program or a plan. And the client then dropped off because they felt like they weren't getting enough intimate um, connection or there wasn't any relationship there. And it was all just things they could have found on the internet anyway and Googled, right? And yeah. so it was pretty evident that the client really valued the contact and the intimacy of the relationship that was there before in the gym, because these were clients that he had in the gym. And now when he switched to kind of online, he was just providing the um, nutrition and the programming, but wasn't jumping on calls to, 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 to coach or even personal train. It was just like, here's your programs, here's your nutrition. And the clients were like, hey, I don't see the value in this because mm -hmm. it's not valuable. And this is what I want people to, to get as well is like people don't really value the nutrition or the training because they could find that pretty quickly, I suppose, online, but they do want the connection. They do want the intimacy. They do want the problem solving or the sounding board or another voice of reason to help them overcome maybe their mental obstacles. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting six months for everyone in the fitness industry in terms of how things play out. Like your background is kind of interesting because, um, we spoke about this and I've never come across anyone um, who's gone this route before because uh, I've spoken to hundreds of people and your, your situation was a little bit different where you really, <laughs> you went the way that most people want to go, but then you backtracked and went back. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so flashback, I was a trainer, personal trainer working in a gym you know, getting the clients who walk past, you know, pick them up. And that was a comfort zone, right? I lived in that for a couple of years. Um, just felt a bit restricted, you know, just being restricted to the clients in that gym and also being, you know, charging them the kind of prices that I wanted to charge. And so I got really excited by the idea of going online and tried a bunch of stuff, launched um, membership sites, ebooks, um, tried to do everything like the wrong way around. Um, and then started doing coaching for like a hundred pounds a month because I was like, I don't know, this is the, the going rate. And so I started taking on clients online, kind of on the, the lower end, got a bunch of clients, but then I was just like stuck coaching lots of people, not getting the kind of salary I was hoping for. I was like, I was making the same as I was making as a PT, but with this way more clients and way more work on my computer, which I didn't like. And so, you know, I did a, went deeper into marketing and sales and like invested a bunch of mentors and coaches and was like, right, I need to make this a business if I'm going to do it and not just do it as a side thing. And so I went all in online, grew my business up to six figures within nine months, purely online, that's cash collected. 
And I was like, boom, this is it. And, and in that time, I was just on my computer grafting all day. You know, I was on calls, I was messaging, I was doing everything possible. And it just kind of got to the point after a couple of years, I was like, this isn't fulfilling me. It's not fulfilling me as much as I thought. Because the, the picture a lot of people paint is, yeah, once you go online, you can go and sit on a beach and you can just message your clients and just relax all day. I don't know anyone who actually wants to do that. Like, I don't know any personal trainer who just wants to sit back and do nothing because, you know, personal trainers are typically driven to be doers, to do things. And so that idea to me didn't really work because I wasn't doing that. I was working more than ever trying to learn a billion and one things between the tools, the systems, the softwares, the technical issues that everyone overlooks, um, the, the clients dropping off because there's a higher churn rate online just naturally because people feel like they can do it themselves you know, as, as time goes on. So you've got to constantly sign up new clients. And it just kind of got me to the point of like, I'm not fulfilled. And so I was like, let me just take a step back and just think about what I want. Cause I lost that connection with people, right? I wasn't connecting to people. I was just talking to prospects or day leads, um, you know, on phone calls. I was never, there wasn't really anyone who I felt connected to. It was just this dis disconnect. And so I was like, let me just go back and you know, do some PT and just you know, a couple of hours here and there charge a really high, high price so that I don't have too many clients and just give myself a bit of a balance. And so I took everything that I learned with the whole online thing from the marketing and the way to sell and position myself. And I just launched myself with straight to ads. I didn't do any organic or go and post groups or anything like that. Used some ads and marketed myself locally. And then just super quickly, you know, within like 47 days, I was at like, you know, eight and a half, nine K of just consistent income coming in and clients sticking around. And I was just like, and that happened so fast, but I realized that it's, it's, it's not as hard once you have the skill sets and you know what you're doing. And it gave me the balance that I was missing of being around people a little bit, you know, making obviously money that I wanted to make, but feeling like there was a, there was a balance here the balance that I was missing of being around people, but then having this like online thing going as well. And I realized that I, I missed it. You know, you, you missed, everyone wants what they don't have, right? Like you're probably, a, you're a personal trainer. You're like, oh man, I want to do this online because that's the place to be that you do it. And you're like, oh, actually, I don't know if I want to do this. And then you want to go back. Like we're never going to be happy. That's one thing I've realized. But I think finding a balance of doing things that make you happy is what's going to be the thing that you can sustain doing. And so, yeah, I went back and personal trained clients um, and just created a system that allows me to just keep the, keep the churn, keep the, never, never be in need of clients, you know, never be like desperate. Like if somebody leaves and be like, oh my God, if she leaves, I'm going to be 500 pounds down or hundred thousand pounds down this month because I had the system that allowed me to just get new clients. And that like not needing from, from the PT business allowed me to show up in a much better way and less not desperate and just be able to sign people up a lot easier because it was just genuine. It was just kind of like, like you on board or not. And if people didn't want to do it, it didn't matter because I leveraged all that knowledge from the online world and marketing and how to run ads to the real world of face to face. And, and, you know, you can, you have that abundance, you know, that word <laughs> where you never need, you just got, you got it around you all the time. And, and so, yeah, that sort of got me back into the PT world freelancing and you know charging high-end prices up to 100 pound a session um because of that you know that supply and demand and where there's a lot of people it means you can demand more and that's what that's what i did and so you know i kind of like stepped back from the online stepped back from pushing online because like i said this wasn't fulfilling me in the same ways and then having to build the team and stuff i was just like yeah this is this isn't what i want to do like it's just too much deep work and you know it's still a good opportunity but for me personally I just didn't want it I just didn't see it going where I wanted it to go and so I just like stepped back got back into PTN and then you know here I am now just seeing that there's a big opportunity um, to you know run a business that works because a lot of trainers this is the problem that aren't succeeding in one-on-one -on -one training particularly in in studio environments where they have to you know do their own marketing they they fail because they're like oh this doesn't work because I can't get clients. So you get shiny object syndrome. You look online, you see online opportunities, you see cryptocurrencies, you see affiliate marketing. And so they just jump around and scatter minds. Like I had a call the other day with a guy who was in that kind of boat of seeing the opportunities everywhere, but not taking one because he was like, 
he knew he was onto something, but he just didn't fix his current model. And I use the analogy of like, it's like getting a flat tire and dumping your car and buying a new one. And, and all you really need is just to like put some air in the damn tire and then it will drive. And, and that's the analogy I kind of describe for trainers who are just like giving up on the industry, doing something else because it didn't work. You know, it's like, it's like, a, and I think it's kind of, it's a shame, you know, good trainers are, are losing because of that mentality. Um, instead of seeing that there's an opportunity. So yeah, kind of a roundabout story there. <laughs> I went off on a tangent, but. No, I like it. And it's kind of it's, like a story of like self-discovery as well for you, where like you think you want something because you don't have it and then you get it and you do it. And then you realize, actually, I don't really want this thing. And you just go back to what you were doing before, but doing it a better way. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you're right. Like, people do get shiny object syndrome and they see these other ways of doing things or they see this person over here and they're crushing it from the outside and they're like, yeah, I want that. And there is people crushing it um, who appear to be crushing it. And there's people who are not crushing it who appear to be crushing it, but that's a different debate. But if you're crushing it, you're still doing a lot of work. So people don't always realize what goes into it, particularly with online as well. Like there is lots that goes into operating an online business, um, all the tech, all the systems, all the automation, building relationships is is a level harder than it is face to face. You've you've got to get a bit more technical. And it seems like a great idea for a lot of people until they get behind a computer when mm-hmm. naturally they like being face to face in a gym. For me, like I, this is my model. I like this model. I chose this model and, and I like it. It works for me, but it doesn't work for everyone. It's like, you've got to figure out what you want and where you want to be. And you've got to kind of reflect. You've got to be self-aware. You've got to realize what you like and what you don't like. And um, sometimes it takes trial and error and it takes time. And I'm going through the same thing right now. I'm, I'm looking at where do I want to be in five years? And the next five years will dictate the five years after that in terms of the moves I'm about to make are going to lock me in for a decade. So I'm having to really question, do I want to do that? Right. There's, there's things on the table right now. And I'm like, now I'm having to like commit. I'm like, do I actually want to be there in five five years and 10 years? Cause once I go down this path, I'm in my thirties now. I want to, I want to go on a straight path to 40 do I want to go down that path? Cause I ain't getting those dirties back. They're gone once I've made that decision. So you've got to kind of like stop sometimes and go, is this the right move? Is this what I think it is? Do I just need to try it with some, some form of commitment and can I, can I make it okay if it's not the right thing? And do I need to really beat myself up if I make the wrong decision? And am I doing this for the right reasons? Yeah really important question there because if you're just doing something because you see money and you don't see your happiness then you got a question why am I doing this like is this the right thing for the right thing like is this the right thing because I really want it or because it looks easier than the other thing the alternative um so yeah it sounds like you know you make that decision and you commit right because that's the problem people don't they don't execute enough they think too much yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. Like my, one of my philosophies, like you've got execution in the background, which I love. Uh, one that we've got in our companies is just imperfect action, because absolutely you're never going to be a hundred percent about anything, right? Even yeah. people say there's only one thing that you can be certain about, right? Which is death. But we can't be certain about that now with AI. There's no certainty. So your consciousness could live forever, which is what you really are, a conscious being. So if you take that out, nothing is actually certain. So there is no certainty in anything that we do in life. So you've got to draw a line of, do I feel certain enough just to move forward now? And and not looking for that like 100% certainty because there's things that are going to hit you that you never envisaged. And actually they're, they're good sometimes mm. like, wow, this actually turned out better than I was, I was thinking. Yeah. I found myself in this situation, but that only comes with execution or imperfect action. If you're yeah. not making moves, you stood still. 
That's right, man. I love that. And, you know, the concept of ready, fire, aim. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of trainers get stuck into this idea of like, once I have the perfect website and I have the right logo and I do my photo shoot and, and everything looks professional, I'm going to launch myself then. Well, you've just lost six months of your life and a couple thousand pounds and no one gives a shit because I've been there. I tried this. It doesn't work. Same. And it's, it's, it's a painful lesson, but you have to just do something move quickly so that you can get the answers to decide if it's sorry about that if it's going to work for you or if it's not and, and if it's not fine move on but that whole analysis you know paralysis by analysis kills so many people these days not just personal trainers but just people in general because they're thinking about all the different things like oh should i shoot this video what if what, what if i look silly and what will my parents think or what will my friends think on my facebook or instagram I'm like who cares just do it you know stop thinking about things so much um, and take action because you're going to lose time. And then before you know it, you're going to be 50, 60, 70 years old thinking, man, I wish I just took some action when I was in my twenties and my thirties, when I had the time and I had the drive and I, and I had the vision, but now I'm too old because I was too worried about what people thought about me mm. on social media. Like how stupid is that going to sound if we got to 80 years old and we're like, man, why didn't I just do that video when I was 20 years old? Because because you're not going to care by time then, you know, you're going to realize there's more important things in life. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people now. They care so much about what people think that they just do nothing. They just think about taking action, which makes them feel good. They just think about taking action. And they're just like, yeah, I'm taking action because I'm thinking about taking action. But they're not, they're just stuck. And um, yeah, it's dangerous, man, that that um, thinking and, and waiting to be perfect, for things to be perfect. Like this whole lockdown thing, you know, when things get back to normal, I'm going to really push my business. Well, things aren't normal. You know, things aren't normal now. So No, they're, ne and they're never normal. Like, if you think about what's going to happen next, this is just step one. Mm. This is phase one of, like, complete change because we have two quarters where the economy shrinks. That's classed as a recession. Once that word gets drilled into everyone's head, that affects consumer behavior. Yeah. It creates fear. Um it, it tightens spending. Banks are like, oh shit, let's bump interest <laughs> interest rates. Credit goes down. Access to capital and funds is harder. There's less people buying and selling properties. It becomes harder to move. There's less circulation of assets in the economy. Like that is on the horizon, not to like scaremonger, but these are just realities that you have to understand as a business owner. There is no perfect situation. It does not exist. There's no perfect economy. There's no perfect vaccine there's no perfect cures nothing is perfect everything is just testing and hopefully it's going to be all right even with what they're doing right now they're trying to come up with something that's good enough right good enough to yeah. work it isn't there's never going to be like a hundred percent certainty that anything is going to work even with this current situation the way we're treating lockdown the way we're opening things up that could be a disaster we don't even know we don't even know what's coming next. Like no one can visualize it. So you've just got to move forward as if today's today, this That's week's right. this week, not yep. okay in three weeks or in, in two months, then I'll get going again. You should never be stop moving. You Dangerous. should always be, be pushing forward and going, okay, if for whatever reason, this is how it is, how am I moving? How am I operating? It's made me wake up because I lost one of my businesses overnight. It evaporated. I told you the coaching yeah. ignited when all the gyms closed, my business evaporated too with all the PTs gone. Now I could have done one of two things. I could have cried about all the revenue that we lost and all that extra money that we were making, or I go, okay, what can I do with my time that I still have my resources, my skills, my focus, where can I put it? Where I would be logical. Okay. I'm going to put it over here into my other business. Guess what? we replaced the income very quickly because we took action very fast versus dwelling on fuck. I wish it was just like it used to be, whereas easy, I had this yeah. model over here, it was making money. We had to wake up, that ain't there anymore. And yeah. I don't care if it doesn't come back. If it does, great, bonus. If it doesn't, we'll be doing other stuff. You've kind of just got to pivot fast and be nimble, particularly if you're a business owner, otherwise just work for someone else that can make decisions. Absolutely, man. Speed is key. And, and as you said, it's like, if you're not, if you're not growing your diet, so if you're not spending this time growing and, and developing yourself, 
then you're not, you're not, you're not moving forward in life, let alone your business. And, and it's kind of like someone who comes to you for personal training says, Oh, well, when I was in my twenties, I was in great shape. And, um, you know, I was, I was great shape back then. It's like, yeah, but you're not now. So do something about it now. People dwell on the past so much and they, they live yeah. in their past successes and what things used to be like. Um, it's like before the internet came about, you know, you know, in my days, you know, the kind of people that say things, what they were like, but this is how it is now. And, and yeah, if you haven't pivoted by now, which is two months into lockdown, then what are you doing kind of thing, you know, like, what are you doing if you're not moving forward you're, you're, you're moving backwards and I know personal trainers get frustrated if they're not growing it's like going to the gym and if you're not training and you're not feeling good about yourself you're feeling crap and the same thing mentally if you're not serving your mental health by growing and stretching yourself you're going to be very miserable and you mm. can't serve anyone you can't do anything from that state you can't be there for your family you can't you know you can't be there for people and so you have to be doing things that are going to grow you I think mentally you know especially now you're not training as, as intensely maybe as well yeah <laughs> and no matter what age you are we just got a comment from chuck um on facebook he said uh, my 50s are almost gone right so like he's a couple of decades ahead of us um i need money to survive but i'm about adapting i just got three new ideas thank you so he's thinking and he's pivoting he i know he has a big studio actually he did one of our courses uh, where we teach people how to do Facebook lives and and uh, bring in new customers. He basically filled his studio off the back of it. And this guy is not particularly tech savvy, but what he did, even at that age, was he did something outside of his comfort zone and pivoted because he knew the world had changed since he was in his 20s and 30s that is different. And you've got to kind of adapt and not hold on to the old way of doing things. It's like, is is romanticizing with what you had before. It's the same with relationships. I know guys, yeah. friends of mine that had birds and they loved them and those birds like moved on and, and ditched them and they're like scratching Wait. their heads and they're dwelling on it for so long. And I'm like, Sad. bro, I know it's tough. I know it's hard, but have you done everything you could have done to get it back? And they say, yes, and they have. Okay, like would now be a good time for you to open yourself up to someone else or move on? Because is this really helping you dwelling on it for another three or four months? these months you're not going to get back mm -hmm. and I know that's hard and um, but you've also got to like draw a line somewhere where you can't hold on any longer because every moment you hang on is less time building a new life that could be better or finding a new girl or a new guy that you could be more in love with do you know what I mean yeah I, I'm a, I move on fast and I think for a lot of people <laughs> it, it can be tricky um and, and I empathize with that but um yeah, hopefully people take that away from this show that imperfect action, don't dwell, don't hold on, pivot fast, um, be reactive because it is a reactive situation right now, but try and be proactive before you have to be really reactive and make emotional decisions because the worst thing is doing is waiting until the last second yeah. where you're at a loose end and then you've got to get emotional about it or you get emotional about it because you've got nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah, that's when you start making bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and I've got a quote on my wall here that's like on a post-it. And a lot of the time people are always fearful of things because it's like, oh, what if this fails? What if this doesn't work? And no, the, the, the question says, it's a quote from your mentor, it's a millionaire mindset kind of like question. Is that what if this does work? You know, what if this works? What if going online right now to serve my clients actually works? What if learning a new skill works? Because, you know, the reality is you've got 50% chance of it working, 50% chance of it failing. But if it works, then it's pretty good upside to whatever that thing is. Um, and just like, you know, the critic life who's in his 50s, who's taken action, um, you know, there's no excuse. You know, if you're any age, I think, and you're in this industry, you, you shouldn't be just like, waiting for things to, to happen, man, because it's, it's a shame. You know, it's time that you said, Alex, you'll never get that back. You know, yeah. money is coming in now. There's some government support and everything else. That's fine. You know, use it smart, invest it in things that are going to make you better at what you want to do. Um, but if you're just waiting, then you're just going to lose an opportunity to grow because most trainers as well, they complain like, oh, I'm getting up early. I'm going, getting home late. I never have time. 
I'm like, well, wait a minute, you've got all the time in the world to do the things that you said you want to do. So if you're not doing them, you, you actually don't care about your time. You're not valuing your time. So just go and work for someone else and, and stay in your comfort zone. But if you really want to grow and you want to have a life that's, you know, going to give you the salary, the income, the things that you want, then use this time to, to grow and do the things that you've been avoiding because you never had time before because it's the greatest time. Like, this is a great time. I know we, we love this time that we've got right it's now great. because we're growing, we're learning, we're developing, and, and that's what's going to mm. stay with you. And when there's a lot of shifts in the market, it creates opportunity, right? There's a lot of changes, which opens up little pockets of opportunity, new ways of doing things, market shifts. It, it's like disruption. And there's a lot of things to be had. Uh, comments are lighting up. People are liking this last point. Um, resonating with the kind of improvising and taking action and imperfect action. We've got Lucas, we've got Chuck, we've got Nancy yeah. on here as well. All these guys loving it. So awesome chat, mate. I've really enjoyed this and hopefully everyone listening both on Facebook live today and when we release this on the podcast, take some value from it. For anyone kind of like wanting to know more about like what you do um, and the work you do with personal trainers, where can they find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? So personally connect to me on Instagram, which is at Lee Constantine, if you could spell my name. We'll, we'll chuck <laughs> it in the show notes because that's a little yeah. bit of a mouthful. Yeah, just write Lee C-O-N. It, sh- it should be like one of the first, I should hope, <laughs> um, on Instagram. That's where I'm probably most connecting to people, you know, through DMs if you guys need anything. Of course, you know, if this is a got a feed as well right here. Um, and personaltrainerselite.com is where you can learn more about what I do um, and how I help personal trainers. Okay, so personaltrainerselite.com. That's right. Same on Facebook as well on your business page, right? Similar. Yeah. All right, awesome, dude. We're going to sign out, guys, on Facebook and on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy it, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a short review on one of the platforms. And if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so we can connect there. See you next week.